Did you know you could shop around for prescription prices? With GoodRx, you can find free coupons at over 70,000 pharmacies and save up to 80%. It's that easy. But don't just take my word for it. Dr. Adam says, I've been telling all my patients about GoodRx. Jacqueline says, my medication was $65 without insurance, but I paid $25. Aubriana says, you don't have to pay full price to live your best life. Couldn't have said it better myself. GoodRx is 100% free. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance. This is No BS Job Search Advice Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Altman, the big game hunter, the head coach for Job Search Coaching HQ.com. And this is episode 839 of the show. You've probably noticed that almost all the episodes for the last week, week and a day, I think actually, have been excerpts or actually they've been shows from Job Search Radio, my other podcast. And these are shows that deal with interviewing. It was at a time on the show where I was doing interviews in the early days, beginning in 2014. I believe I ended that format in 2016. And we're going to be back to uh, No BS Job Search Advice Radio's normal format of doing three to five minute, three to seven minute shows beginning on Sunday at the latest. And this is one of the later interviews that I did with Jeffrey Goodman that talks about the different kinds of people that you meet at firms when you interview there. I hope you find it helpful. Give it five stars wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're interested in interview coaching from me, Message me at Jeff Altman at TheBigGameHunter.us. In the subject line, put the words interview coaching, and we'll schedule a time to speak, and I look forward to helping you. Now, let's get going. You know, I've been a recruiter for a hell of a long time, and I've been doing this show for more than two years. So believe me when I say it takes a lot for me to say that I've learned something from one of my guests. Generally, it's material I already know that I think will be helpful to you. But my guest here, Jeffrey Goodman, I think puts together information in a way that's unique. So I think you're going to learn something that will help you a lot. So listen to the show. Enjoy, and before we start singing, let me just simply say that if you like today's show, give it a thumbs up in iTunes, give it five stars, uh, give it a good review, uh, it'll help other people discover the show. So, now, let's sing along. Are you looking for a new job or interested in leveling up? Job Search Radio is your go-to resource for insider tips on job hunting and growing your career. Here's your host, Jeff Altman. So my guest today is Jeffrey Goodman, a sought-after mentor and intuitive business advisor who guides individuals and business leaders with new perspectives while discovering their own powerful abilities both professionally and personally. Wow, I did that in one breath. That was pretty good. That's good. He's the head. <laughs> Thank you. He's the head of Career Hearted, not Career Minded, but CareerHearted.com, a site that supports people having purposeful careers and businesses. Jeffrey, welcome to Job Search Radio. Great to have you on. Well, thank you for having me. I'm super excited, and I like that we share the same name, so I won't forget yours. I just have to remember my own, so this will be a fun <laughs> show today. So. I, I love the Jeff Jeffrey conversations. <clears throat> this will be fantastic. So, 
So when people look for work, when companies hire, they tend to get fixated around skills. But there's more to life than just skills and whether you have the skills to do the job. Like I know so many people. Now, I don't care if you're young or geezers like me, where you've decided to move past being another drone at a desk and want to do work that's more meaningful and purposeful. So, number one, how do we start breaking out of that box uh, that's been def that we start to believe in and start doing things a little bit differently? That's a it's a great question. It seems to be a really just a hot topic these days in um, all different mediums. It's just really about you know people start starting to discover that you know I want to do something I enjoy. I want to do something I love. I want to do something more than just getting a a paycheck and do something that's meaningful. And so we're looking inward, and um, even people that are hiring are starting to look at this other element, and. We have to look at what do we love to do and what are our skill sets in those areas. And um, what I've done coaching and advising and then working with some companies is broken down these kind of these main skill sets that we have in companies into four main areas. And uh, when we kind of unravel those, I find that people find themselves to be more powerful and they're able to uh, come into a business more passionate because they're sharing what they love to do. Now, a lot of people have heard of this book from years ago, John Gray's Men Are From Mars, Women Are From, Women are from Venus, which identifies gender differences and how people think. But life goes beyond simply the gender differences in orient, and I'm a talking sexual orientation, but, you know, the orientation that comes from, uh, shall we say, conditioning based upon gender. And they, and they develop personalities that show up in the workplace, too. Now, my recollection is you've developed uh, a model where you've identified four different personality types. Do I have that right? You're absolutely right, yes. There's, there's, I've worked with businesses all over the world and, and worked with individuals, and even myself have discovered that there's, with any business, whether it be a, a person working on their own or a very large company, there are these four personality types. I like to break them down into the four C's. It's easy to remember. And the four C's. Coffee, chocolate. Coffee, chocolate. chocolate. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then coffee and chocolate. That's all. Those Perfect. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, no, I'll have to remember that. Maybe there's six C's now. So uh, so the, the, the four C's are, in, if you think about a business, is the first C that's that starts a business are these creator types and these creator types are and the, the how you identify yourself as a creator type is you're the one that has all these ideas all the time you're just you you've got stuff on how to solve problems and the creator types are the ones that actually start businesses creator types will also find they have trouble working for other people because they're just always with new ideas and they're also in this kind of out of mind, right? You and I are both creator types. We we create our own things. You've created your own shows. You've you've seen a need and you've created a solution for it. And um, and 
when I've done these presentations, it's also important to recognize the difference because a lot of people say, oh, I'm, I'm creator too. Well, there's create people that are creators like you and I that will start our own businesses, be passionate there. Then there's people that are creative and everyone has a bit of a creative thing where they'll see an idea and want to add some, add something new to it. But true creators are going to be the solopreneurs, people that have their own businesses. And when I've worked with people that are out there interviewing or they're out there trying to find work and they actually have more of this creative spirit, when I help them actually find that that's their space and help them actually create this idea that they've had to move forward, that's when they actually, their heart just kind of goes and they actually start doing what, I, what they love to do. The, so, so before you go further, I just yeah. want to, I, I like to repeat back so the audience doesn't miss anything. So there's the creator. Uh, and I'm going to use a different metaphor. It's kind of like the king who can see the realm. The, the person with the vision of, of who can survey the landscape and see something that needs to be done and set the course versus the creative who's the one who can see the solopreneur who has the ability to identify uh, some of the the issues that may come up, take corrective action, things along those lines. How am I doing so far? You're doing great. You're that, that, well done. So I, you, I should have you on stage with me. We can go back and forth. It'd be the Jeff and Jeff show. So that'd be fantastic. <laughs> so a uh, great analogy. And yes, yeah, so the again, the creator is the one that sees this vision that may not have existed before. Someone that's creative may add some elements to that creator's original idea. So cool. Yeah. And one of the other two seats. You're welcome. Yeah, the Tell other me about the other two seats. Actually, the other three seats. So the next one are, so the creator has this idea. He's He starts it, but then he gets at some point, or she comes at some point, where they need some help organizing all their ideas. They need help leading. They might need to bring in a team, and they need someone to help manage the team. So the next C is the controllers. And the controllers are actually the true leader managers of a company. These are the true CEOs. Uh, and I'll share a great story uh, here in a minute about how this all kind of came to be. Um, but the uh, controllers actually, they enjoy chaos because they like to put it into an order. Uh, if you see something and all of a sudden see a way to put it into a system, or put it into an organization. If you got that just super type A personality with a very capital A, by chance you are a controller and you're going to be looking to go after more leader management type positions. And again, in this C, there's a difference between someone that's a controller and someone that's controlling. Controllers are really, really good at leading teams. They know how to inspire. They can fire. They also know how to motivate. Where someone that's controlling, just they're they're dominating without letting people grow themselves. So in this in this definition, I'm working with yours as I'm understanding it. 
the controller is more of a leader type rather than being controlling, which in, in popular parlance is the micromanager, the exactly. one who's in the weeds on everything and won't let you breathe. Exactly. Absolutely. And what happens within companies is companies often get started by the creator. And as they get bigger, then the creator is almost forced into then leading the company but is by nature or her nature is not a good controller. So they become controlling out of default versus staying what they love to do. So finding a good controller for a company is key because that controller lead that company to great success. Super. We got one more C in there. We got two more C's in there. The, 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 the third C, yes. The third C are the completers. These are the worker bees. These are the ones that just, they love to get stuff done. They love to complete things. They love to be just in a very nice way, being told what to do, do in the very task driven. Um, they're, they're the ones that really need the security of knowing, okay, I only get my paycheck at the end of the week. Um, and they're really happy to serve. They, they love to see other people to go to success by supporting them. And, um, and that's their skill set. Give me something to do and I'm going to do it to my greatness, but just one thing at a time. And sometimes they're aspirational into the higher ranked categories, I'm sure, and need to develop those skills in order to transcend where they are now. If they choose to, some people really just, it's like my, the people that work for me, like my assistant, she's a completer. And that's what she loves to do. She just, anything I need her to do, she'll do. She doesn't want to lead the company. She doesn't want to run the company. She doesn't want to organize. I've got other things to do. But she just loves being my assistant and just serving and doing the things I need to have done. And she just does it with such passion. And, and she's happy, but I have to give her one or two tasks at a time. Anything more than that, or if I ask her to take something and run with it and manage it, that's where she gets uncomfortable. Gotcha. Great illustration. And, and what's the next one? The, the final C, these are the capitalizers. These are the what are known as the true entrepreneurs. These are the ones that are big risk takers. They love to play with money or capital. And they're the ones that they're, they're the ones that buy and sell companies. They're the, you know, they're the Donald Trump, if you you will. They have um, no emotions around money. They can lose money and gain money overnight. They're they're the big big risk people. Fascinating and, and still different from the creator. They don't have the creator doesn't. You haven't spoken in terms of the risk taking, even though there can be risk involved with it. You know, they what floats their boat is that vision versus. With these folks, what floats their boat is the adrenaline rush. That's it. Absolutely. Creators love to create new ideas. Capitalizers love to create more money. That's their passion. And they're kind of flips, flip of the same coin, if you will. And uh, capitalizers are the, guy, the folks that you'll see sitting on Shark Tank. You know, that gotcha. they see something and can leverage it. And they do, the creators are very emotionally tied to their baby, which is the idea. Capitalizers do not have that emotional tie to the idea. 
Gotcha. We're going to be back with more from Jeffrey in just a moment, but first my job search insider tip for this show, which is a branding exercise that I'm pulling from the U.S. presidential elections. Now, before you think I'm going to talk Donald Trump, I'm not. I want to point out the difference between two different candidates on the other side of the aisle, and that is Bernie Sanders. I'm going to surprise you with who the other one is. Senator Sanders, and again, this isn't a political speech, but I noticed him about two years ago because everyone I knew on Facebook was posting these memes from, from Sanders. They would have a picture of Bernie in a feisty pose, and there would be some scenario like, you know, people are struggling to pay their bills while Wall Street fat cats walk away and free and they should be in jail. We should be able to do better. And for a certain audience, whether you agree with him or not, this started to create an impression with them. And for two years, these memes started to come out. So I knew he was going to be run for office later. Lo and behold, he did. He has a popular force behind him. Whether he wins or not is a completely different conversation. Now, let's go to the other side. Then I'm going to tie the bow for you. The other example I want to give is Governor Martin O'Malley. You're going to go. Who is this guy anyway? And that's the point. It's almost as though O'Malley decided one day to run for office and had done nothing to lead up to it with the populace and thus announces. And he's most recently, I saw the three percent of the vote on the Democratic side and his likelihood of getting nominated is less than zero. Here's my point for you as a job hunter. Before you decide to look while you're happy in your job, I know this isn't going to help in this search, but in future searches, think in terms of things that you can do to build your network proactively. Do the things to market and promote yourself. I, and in terms of promoting, I have an earlier show with Rick Gillis on, on uh, promotion, on self-promotion. Listen to that show. It is going to give you some good choice points to help you learn the techniques of self-promotion. But again, while you're in your job, while you're working hard, while you're doing great, build and maintain and sustain your network. Because otherwise, all you're doing is lurching from one job search to another and turning out to be Martin O'Malley all over again. So that's my tip for this show. Let's come back to Jeffrey and pick up where we left off. So we've got these personality types out there. And, you know, they can be us. They can be the hiring forces out there. How do we pull this all together in useful ways so that, let's say when we're interviewing, we can start identifying these personality types? That's a great question. And, and, and um, while you were uh, sharing that, I was, I was thinking about uh, these four types and actually a story that I was going to share earlier is um, a, 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 a company that flew me out. They were having a lot of problems with their hiring, a lot of problems with their business in general. And one of the exercises I do with the owners of the company is just get everything that's in their mind out. And so we pulled in, they had these two, they're like these eight foot long by four foot high whiteboards. And I just gave them sharp or, uh, markers. And if you can imagine this, both of them filled both boards and they were just packed. And at one point, their assistant came in just to bring in some snacks for us because we've been there for quite a while. And I saw her walk in and I saw her look at this just chaos up on the board and her eyes just lit up 
And I stopped her. She's about ready to walk out of the room. I stopped her. I'm like, does this make sense to you? And she goes, oh, yeah, this is cool. I totally get this. And I asked the owners, I said, I want to have her sit with us for the rest of the afternoon because I know why the company is having problems, that your leader is more of a dictator, which is a lot of people are having troubles with taking orders from the person that's kind of leading the teams, said, this person is your controller. She can see the chaos. And she sat with us and helped them completely reorganize their entire company. And for them, they just saw her as their front-end desk assistant. And so how we can pull this together is really understanding and identifying what we're looking for when I was hiring people when I brought this in, I realized that I was actually hiring the wrong people. I was, when I was looking at for con controller, I kept meeting these people that were super passionate, all these great ideas, and I was hiring the more creators, which created more chaos. And so when I put these together, I better identified who I had on my team already to say, okay, what are their skill sets? What do they like to do? Do if, if, when I needed a good manager, do they like the cash? Are they comfortable with all my ideas? And do they enjoy inspiring teams? And if they do, then they were a good controller. If not, see what they like to do. Do they need more job security? And some of them did. So I moved them more into completer roles. And when people would come in, I would ask them, start to ask them very different questions than the questions I was asking them before. And I was able to get more clear to exactly where I needed to position them and how to hire them. And so if, I'm going to yeah. interrupt you here because you started to, uh, to trigger some ideas for me. So from the job hunter perspective, you know, there's always a point in the interview when they go, so do you have any questions for us? And even before then, there are signals that the interviewer may send to indicate what their personality typing in this yes. model is like and what they really need in this role. So I'm going to ask you to start tying the bow for us. What might a job hunter look for uh, in the way of the questioning uh, or and or what questions might they ask to elicit a better understanding and, and communication with these different personalities. Great. Okay. So, uh, so, so for an interviewer, it's de it will depend on what position they're looking for. So if they're looking for someone that's a completer, they're going to be asking more questions of what drives them and what drives completers are, where do they feel comfortable? Where's their security? Do you, do you need, you know, a weekly paycheck? Do you, um, do you like to have one task done at a time? Um, do you get overwhelmed if we give you too much? Um, if they're looking for more controller, like someone that can really lead a company, they're going to ask them, are you comfortable with chaos? Are you comfortable with uh, showing a bunch of different things that you can then put into systems? Can you organize a variety of things coming from 20 different directions comfortably? Um, if they're looking for someone that's a creator, are you idea driven? Are you always thinking of something new to create? And those are going to be the ones that are going to bring something new to the company. So it's, it's really broken down to specifically what jobs you're looking for in that company and what's needed, where the company needs most, and then breaking down for that personality type. 
So those are the signals, folks, that the employer is going to be sending in the course of the interview to define the role. That's probably the easiest way I can express it for you. Uh, so those signals will lead you to understand better what's being sought of you, number one. And number two, I'm now going to circle back to part of my other question, is how do you respond to that uh, to indicate either suitability or suggest an alternative? I'm not sure if, if suggest an alternative uh, works in your model. So back to Absolutely. you. <laughs> Thank you. It, it, it definitely does. And I think what this, will, what this does is so someone looking to be interviewed and they're looking at jobs, sometimes they'll get jobs and just go into it. When they better identify what they're comfortable with, they'll go in knowing more if they're suited for that position. So if they recognize that their more personality type is that completer type, they'll know maybe a leadership role isn't going to be their best positioning. So they're not interviewing for the, the, the wrong position. And um, if they're going into that, maybe they can come back and say, actually, these are the tasks I'm, I'm comfortable with. These are the areas I'm good at. And start speaking to leveraging what your great skill sets are. What do you enjoy doing? What can you bring to the table? How can you bring value? And um, if you are more that leadership type, you'll be speaking and speaking to the interviewer from those type of key words that they're looking for is leadership and drive, being able to manage, being able to offer new strategies in from a leader type. If a, a completer type is I'm very task-driven, I, I really like to get things done, I really drive to the perfection space there, and I'm very reliable. And there, and um, those are the positions that the a completer would be presenting to, and they'll be listening to that too from the interviewers, like, okay, you know what, I might be interviewing for the wrong job, and so I need to find the right one for me, the right position for me. That is really cool. I like that. You know, I know Tony Robbins has a different version coming out of uh, uh, the Stanford research stuff. And he approaches it from the standpoint of when you look at advertising, you can recognize the five personality types that they are selling to you with. But this is far more useful uh, because whether you're a job hunter or an employer, this is a nice way that an employer can understand how to better select an individual. And from an individual perspective, number one, they can recognize what the employer's really looking for from them and maybe even suggest a little variation. Exactly, exactly. And, and it might be something that you want to grow into, you know, that maybe you're starting off, you, you inspire to be a good controller or a good leader of a company, but you might start in as a completer recognizing I'm going to be doing this for now, and these are the personality traits is where I have to be as a completer, eventually support and move into more of a leadership or controller type position. That is really cool. I like this. So, hearted. <laughs> yes. Let's come to the hearted part of this, yeah. and which that's I tend to think of as being soulful. Yes, it's, it really comes back down to just doing what we love to do. And if we can go into a company and be in a position that we just love, it's like, I just love my job. 
whether, you know, if I love my job, just having someone tell me what to do and I get my paycheck at the end of the day, I'm going to wake up and I can't wait to get to work. I'm going to exude that all day long. It's just, I love doing this and I'm going to leave loving doing that. And even when there are hard days, I'll be able to manage through that day because I still at my core love it. And it's it speaks to me. And if I'm a leader and I'm doing that and I'm helping a company go to the next level, I'm loving that as well, too. And I can then lead my teams from that space and also help the control, the creator take their idea to create spaces because I'm loving that space. And I don't have to be controlling all the other areas because it's just I'm in my heart space. And then the creator can just come from his heart and just create new ideas for the world. Very, very nice. So for an individual who's trying to connect with their mission or, or purpose in life, how does someone begin that process? I know it's a life lifetime uh, effort uh, for myself. I started doing uh, personal mission work probably about 30, 35 years ago. And I've noticed the little tweaks along the way that have taken place that allow me to find more meaningful ways of doing what I love to do. How do you start teaching people to lead a more purposeful or meaningful life? Thank you for asking me a question. That's probably one of the ones I'm most passionate about is, is, is really getting down to helping them discover even the, we often ask ourselves the questions, who am I and why am I here? And I help them actually kind of reframe that question as, as to how am I? How, how do I like to express myself? And how do I like those types of um, sharing myself with the world? That's when we can start to get into our purpose. And, and when I work with people and unpack their, their, how they're how they like to express themselves you can start finding key pieces to what their what their passion is what their purpose is and sometimes it can be something very simple a person's passion does not need to be a big i'm going to save the world it can be simply i'm here to just serve others very very sweet we're starting to come up on the end of our time with one another and I want to make sure we cover any other points that you want to make today. So I'm going to hand the, the keys to the car over to you, Jeffrey. And it's it's up to you to get your message out fully. Take it away. Oh, <laughs> I get to drive now. We're driving in one of those uh, Teslas that go to zero to 60 in six to, uh, three seconds because I can do that. Uh, right. No. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. So, um, so I'd say that you know the real the big thing is is really getting people to start identifying what they love to do and how they're doing it, and that's the area that I come from. And and the course that I've created is about that is helping people best understand, identify. And when traveling the world, this is people's passions. Like, how do I how do I do more of what I love to do? And, um, and just unpacking that. And, uh, we talked earlier, I've created something for your group. If they go to, um, careerhearted.com, they can find out more about it. Uh, I created a, an environment, especially for people that are interviewing. Another area that I'm passionate about is 
communicating, especially in interviews, is knowing how we come across, how we communicate, how that interview is listening and engaging our information we're sharing. If they go to uh, actually Jeff Altman, dot careerhearted.com. I actually have a uh, ebook for your group that's free. That is a free assessment there. There's a video there on how to uh, learn your communication style so you can interview differently. I'm just really about doing more of what we love to do. And if we have a planet that's just of people doing what we love to do, this world can be a better place doing it. So that's today's show. I hope you found it helpful. And if you did, here are a few ways to connect with me. First of all, if you're interested in one-to-one coaching from me, email me at jeffaltman at thebiggamehunter.us in the subject line. Put the word coaching. This way I know what it's about. I can get back in touch with you. We'll figure out a time to speak for an introductory conversation so that I learn what your needs are and you can figure out if I'm the right person to help you. Generally, I work with people at a manager level and above, but I do make exceptions from time to time. If you're not at that level and want advice from me, the best way is through JobSearchCoachingHQ.com. There I have curated information that I've developed and others have as well that you can watch, listen to, or read that's going to help you find work more quickly. Again, you can ask me questions through the site. I'd be very happy to answer your questions. I look forward to helping you in either of those two ways. And if we're not connected on LinkedIn, send a connection request to me at linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash The Big Game Hunter. Mention that you listen to the show because I love hearing from fans, from listeners who have been helped by the show. And like me on Facebook. The page is facebook.com forward slash nobscoachingadvice.com or look for Jeff Altman, the big game hunter there. Give me five stars, a great review. It helps other people discover the show. And I'll be back tomorrow with more. In the meantime, have a great day. Take care. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply.